0: This is Jimmy Jernigan, and you're listening to Daily Dose of Wood Podcast. Welcome back to the Daily Dose of Wood podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Jernigan, a.k.a. J-Dose. And today, we have another episode, another big episode, as always, here on the Daily Dose of Wood podcast. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button up top. Today, we got Timothy DeLaGhetto. This guy does it all. He raps. He's an actor. He's a comedian. He was on and Out. He's been in movies. He does, he does everything. He's a YouTuber, 5 million subscribers, plus, I believe, on YouTube... This guy's all over. Probably seen him out on TV in Hollywood. We get into everything today. I'm happy I got to get this one done with him. We talk about how he's in the pop star music video. We actually get him to freestyle, which is pretty cool. I played him a beat. We got him to freestyle on here. And we just talk about being behind the set on Wild and Out, some of his new ventures. He's got his own podcast. We talk about that. You know, we do it all here on the Daily Dose of Wood podcast. So without further ado, like I always say, what do I always say? I don't want to give too much away. Let's jump right into it. Let's go. Here we go. Bang. Welcome back, guys. Got another Great episode for you here today. We got a good one today. We got a special guest joining us. We just hopped on with formerly known as Tim Delaghetto. and now Tim Cha... I can't even. He's going, by, he's going by his governing. I told him before we hopped on that I was going to try it, and I, I, I don't want to butcher it. I don't want to disrespect the name. So Tim, <laughs> tell us how to say your last name, and just welcome on the show, my man.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Formerly formerly De La Ghetto, now Tim the Soup.
0: There we go. There we All go. Right. <laughs> so let's, oh, I guess we could start from there. If you guys don't know him, you probably do. He's a actor. He, he does everything. He's an actor. He's a comedian. He's a content creator. He's on YouTube, over 5 million subscribers. He was one of the founding cast members a while now. This guy does everything. He's got his own podcast now, No Chaser Gang. We'll get into that later. And he's got his food channel. You know, you got you got everything going right now. Let's I got some
1: things. That's some things I'm, I'm doing. <laughs> we'll we'll
0: start. We'll start. I think it's good to start with the name change. Walk me through your your idea behind that. What what made you want to do, go through with that?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, it, it was a number of reasons. You know, um I've been using the the stage name De La Ghetto for like for like probably like 14 years now, since like 06. Um And um originally, do you know where it's originally from?
0: I heard you say the fresh prince of bel-air something yeah, like that yeah
1: so it, it's from the fresh prince it's from an old episode of the fresh prince where will joins a poetry club to like meet girls and he makes up a poet a poet named rafael de la Ghetto, right and um and i was a huge fresh prince fan growing up and i really kind of looked at will smith as like a, a role model you know what i'm saying i kind of sure. wanted to model my career After Will Smith, I I called it the Fresh Prince format in my head, a little kid. I was like, I'm gonna do everything Will Smith did, rap, TV, movies, you know? So that's why I took on that stage name. And then, you know, I kind of just had like a low key, like epiphany during the first initial quarantine months. I was just thinking about life and shit and just thinking about like, yo, if I, if I was to die, if I got, if I was to die during this quarantine, like, how do I want people to remember me? Right. And then. You know, initially the De La Ghetto name was like, you know, it's like it was like a YouTube name, you know what I'm saying? And then and then it kind of followed me to TV and and for the rest of my career. And and so I was like, you know, I really, I really don't if if I'm like accepting awards, I don't wanna be up there with my like internet name. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like I want, I wanna be like full out, like this is me. If I was to die today, I want people to to know that like I'm Tim chant the i got this long ass Thai last name because in, initially like you feel like when you got a hard to pronounce last name you got to make you got to make it easier for people right right but then i was like man you know what if arnold schwarzenegger can do it if like people are out there with these long ass last names and, and they were able to make people know their names I was like i can make these people know my name you know what i'm saying um especially since my whole vibe is like Yo, Asian people be proud of who you are. Be proud of who you come from. Like, you know, be proud of your food and your culture. I'm like, well, then, let me, let me, let me live that then. Yeah, get know? back
0: to your roots. All right, so that's that's something that just happened recently. The name change, mm-hmm. but you, when you first hopped onto YouTube, you got on in some of the earlier years, 2006, or right around that yeah. time. And in, I'm looking up videos, doing my research. And I think one of your first videos was like, you were staying in on a Friday night and you just hopped on, gave a quick statement (laughs) about like, yeah, I'm hopping on YouTube right here. This is my channel. I'm gonna be creating some content. Did you go into this YouTube process thinking, I wanna become a content creator? Walk me through the path that you took in getting to where you're at now, YouTube-wise.
1: Well, you know, the thing about it is like, when I got on YouTube, there was no such thing as like a content creator. Right. Like it was also brand new. Like me and my boys, here's the reason why I, I got on YouTube initially, right? Um, me and my boys were were we were making little short, stupid movies um, and submitting them to different film like festivals and internet contests. And this was before YouTube. And then um one of them went kind of viral and so like viral by back then standards, you yeah. Know? And and because of it, my boy's website ran out of bandwidth because it was getting so many clicks. So wow. I was on MySpace one day and um, someone posted a bulletin and it was like, yo, look at these white girls dancing to Laffy Taffy, ha 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 ha, right? So I clicked on this video and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's funny. But then I was like, yo, this is a website where anybody can put up any videos and they'll give you a link that you can put on your MySpace or your Facebook to share with people? Like, this is crazy, right? Yeah. So I hit my boy up, I'm like, bro, we can we can, you don't have to worry about your website bandwidth anymore. We can just throw our movies on here and then, you know, you don't have to worry about it. So then I just like on some silly shit just started like putting up webcam videos of me freestyling or me like doing impressions of people only so I could put it on my, MySpace to make my friends laugh, you know? And then, um, I kind of started to hit these like most viewed lists and people were, were finding my videos cause you know, there weren't a lot of people making content back then. And, um, and then the more people that started to watch, like the more I thought like, okay, this, this might be a good way to just kind of get my face out there. You know,
0: do you remember when you started to profit off of that? I want to ask you about that, how that works. Cause I know mm-hmm. you hear monetization on YouTube, how people monetize their videos, make money off of them. And then I've heard people say that there's not a lot of money in YouTube when you first started, when was that, what was that like profiting from your videos?
1: Yeah. Um well when I first started, there was no such thing as monetization. Yeah.
0: Um I different. was doing it
1: just just to get just for fun, basically, right? Um, and then I think the first time I got a little money off of it, I think like Nestle was like, Hey, we're doing this internet contest. Would you be down to make a video promoting our contest? And I was like, sure. They was like, We'll give you five hundred bucks. I'm like, Oh my God, this is crazy.
0: This <laughs> That's is crazy. Sick.
1: Around oh maybe like oh eight, oh nine. Um YouTube started introducing their partner program, and they were selecting, uh, they were selecting people to try it out and potentially make money. You know, what I'm saying run ads against their videos. Um, maybe this was even like 2010. I don't even know, but it was like year. It was like a few years later. I feel. Um, and then you know, and then it eventually became a thing where like, oh shit, you know, I got a little hundred dollar check, and then like, then it's like a thousand dollar check every month. It's like, oh okay, this this might go somewhere. You know. Mm-hmm.
0: And what were some of the first videos that you could recall that started bringing in those big time views, those big viral moments for you?
1: Man, I mean, I feel like, so the first video that I would ever say really kind of had me like viral, quote unquote, um, like the first one where I was like going to school and people were recognizing me from YouTube, I did a video called First Asian Boy, all right? And it was a parody of American boy like Estelle and Kanye West and I did this whole like like funny rap song about why girls should date Asian dudes. And it was funny, but it was also like like bars. Like I was spitting on oh, it. Yeah. So so it was like a lot of Asian blog sites were like reposting it, like, oh check out this video. And then a lot of like and then that's the first time someone came up to me on campus and was like, Yo, don't you oh yo, YouTube guy, you know?
0: And where where was this that you say campus? Where'd you go to school?
1: I went to Cal State long <clears throat> Cal State Long Beach before I like eventually just dropped out.
0: And then you eventually made your way onto Wild and Out. Let's talk about that. What was that process like getting onto a show like that?
1: So someone tweeted me one day and they're like, yo, Tim, you know, Nick Cannon is bringing Wild and Out back. You should try to get on. And I was like, oh, shit. So I followed Nick Cannon on Instagram or on Twitter. And then um one day he tweeted and he was like, yo, whoever has you know, he was like, who's the funniest person on the internet, whoever gets the most retweets of hashtag while and out needs me, I'll audition personally. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. So I already kind of, I had like an audience at that point. Right. So I had, you know, I had my, my minions retweet Yep. and then, uh, someone slid in my DMS and they were like, Hey, well, if you're serious about auditioning, contact this person and, and show up your audition. I was like, All right, cool. And so, um, I showed up and, uh, uh, it was like a small room of like maybe like six people and Nick chilling there. And Nick actually knew who I was already um because of my music and not cuz of the funny stuff. All like right. funny enough cuz he uh he was managing an artist named Collect Car and um earlier that year Billboard had put out a list of of musicians who were weren't signed that were only doing stuff through YouTube. And, I, and his artist was, like, number two or three on that list, and I was number one on that list. Wow. So he already knew of, like, my music stuff. But then, um, you know, so for the audition, you go in, you play some improv games. And I had taken improv classes in college, and, like, I did, like, theater in high school and all that. So I kind of, you know, I was already pretty comfortable with it. And um, had me, like, rap and play some improv games, and then they called me back for the group audition where you kind of, like, test your chemistry with the other people. And, uh, and that was it.
0: Now you, I saw your your uh, Spotify numbers that you just put out, and you did crazy numbers with what? Just one music video or one song that you released yeah. this year?
1: Yeah, I mean it wasn't crazy. I mean I, it was. I was um, you know, I, I dropped one song this year, and it did like a million streams on Spotify. I was like, that's cool, you know. Yeah, that's like, that's a lot. Yeah, I think so. I think so. You know, it's it's um, uh, it's I'm I'm definitely like I'm I'm grateful that people are still like like effing with the music like that um you know because I'm I, I haven't really put out an actual project since like it's probably been like eight years you know what I'm saying so I just been dropping random songs here and there so the fact that that one did did pretty well this year is like it's cool
0: yeah reading up on the show Wildin' Out and your time there mm-hmm. I heard you say that you guys would film like within a three to four week span for the whole entire year just bang the episodes out and then the rest of the year, you kind of had your own time to do what you wanted. What were yeah. you doing with your time when you weren't on the show Wild and Out? Were you promoting stuff on YouTube, making other content? What were what some of the things that you could think back of that were your uh, biggest hits when you were off air of Wild and Out?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, when we weren't shooting Wild and Out, which was basically like the rest of the year. Um, I mean, and then they started doing like like two seasons a year. But, um, it was just like kind of going back to my regular routine, cranking out YouTube videos, um, working on other like side projects, trying to work on music and just doing the YouTube thing. You know,
0: do you have a production team for your YouTube page?
1: Yeah. I mean, I used like in the, in the early days, like in the early, early days, it was just me and a camera and whoever was down to help out, you know, um, as YouTube kind of evolved, and the kids got really like entitled, you know what I'm saying? They started to get real picky with it. Like if you were putting out skits that that weren't like HD, the kids would be mad, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They'd be like, what did you what did you shoot this on? A potato? Like, what is it? <laughs> so then everybody kind of got to a point where it's like you gotta had to hire a camera crew, a sound guy, you know what I'm saying? Like I used to edit all my own videos, then I had to hire an editor, just you know, I had to take it next level, you know?
0: Yeah. I'm looking to get into YouTube, the vlog and stuff like that. And obviously, it's a very saturated business right now. And you got to be very good at what you do in order to come up and, you know, grow a following. And I look at some of the YouTubers now. and I think what separates the people who are on <clears throat> top and the people who haven't made it yet is the, the editing from the videos. I see people like uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Nelk or this new YouTuber, Eric. The editing for their videos is insane, and I think that's what separates them.
1: It definitely, you know, it, it helps. Like, it takes it next level. You know what I'm saying? And like, I'm, I'm blessed enough. Like, I've been doing it for so long. I have a pretty loyal fan base, right? That has kind of grown up with me. Yeah. So it's like, um, I I can't just, you know, I, I I'm so surprised that in some of like the eating videos, like the mukbang videos, it's literally just me and the homie eating for like an hour, and the, and they'll do pretty decent numbers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, but like. For the new cats that really want to stick out, like the editing definitely helps take a next level, you know, helps you kind of, um, you know, you in know, a, in, a, in such a saturated world that it helps you stand out, you know?
0: What other advice could you give to me or say other people who are trying to, you know, go viral on YouTube or gain a following from someone who's, you know, ver- did very well and has been at it since the beginning? What can you recognize that has helped you or has hurt you over the years in your YouTube experience?
1: Well, you know, here's the thing, right? This is kind of well. First, first, I would say that like <clears throat> it helps to pay attention to what's popular and what's trending, right. and that, and that's not to say like only do things because it's popular. Right. But right. if you're really trying to get new eyes and new viewers, like it helps to pay attention to what everybody's looking at, and then what what would ha- what ends up happening is like you know, like, let's say it's like a, I don't know, like a challenge or some shit like that, right? Just for like an example. So it's like everyone's doing the same challenges on TikTok or whatever, right? So it's like, you kind of are caught in this, like this like loop of all these different videos, but then like, you'll find somebody that might stick out. You know what I'm saying? So when everyone's doing the same thing, you just gotta, you gotta do that to get in front of them and then find your way to be unique with it, you know? And that's how you really start to gain your audience, I feel.
0: Yeah, and I've talked to a number of my (laughs) guests on here, on the show, about TikTok and the algorithm and how great the app is for, you know, giving people the opportunity to have such a broad platform with no following at all, the For You page, you know, you could pop up on anyone's real timeline if if the algorithm works in your favor. What, what yeah. do you think about TikTok and the way it's worked out so far?
1: Yeah, you know what, like, I I didn't know what to do with TikTok in the beginning, like, I was confused by it. Like, I feel like a lot of, like, uh, older people were. But then, um, I think the way it's set up like that, the for you page is dope. You know, it's like it's really, like it's dope that it's set up in a way that you have your people you follow, and then you have this kind of just like random. It could literally be anybody popping up on your page that you could find and discover. You know, I think I think it's dope, especially for new 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 creators and new people trying to trying to get in there, you know.
0: And would you say that's kind of in the alley of your content or when you started your content those short skits of, you know, small comedy or, you know, nothing like too too long within a smaller time frame?
1: Oh yeah, that's what I was going to tell you too before I answer that question. I was going to say <laughs> what what's what what helped me but also didn't help me, right? Is that what helps for a new creator, I feel like, is to be um is to have a very uh consistent type of content. Okay. Okay. Like for me, my stuff was all over the place. Right. I was doing like rap videos and I was doing comedy skits and I was doing like relationship advice and I was doing all types of stuff. And like, luckily, um, people just kind of effed with the overall vibe of what I was doing. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I know that like some of the people that have stuck to doing the same kind of video, two, three times a week for years, like they have thrived and they explained it to me like this, because like when you subscribe or when you like, you got to look at subscribing, like someone's going to their pantry for cereal, you know what I'm saying? And when they go to their pantry, they're expecting this certain type of cereal, you know, if, if they open up the pantry every week and it's something different, you know what I'm saying? They're less likely to keep going back, you know?
0: Right. And That's, that's a great analogy. I like that.
1: Yeah. So it's like, that, you know, I, eh, but I also know people who were doing the same thing three times a week and then it, it burnt out. Like right. they burnt out on doing the content and the audience was like, all right, bro, we get it. We're sick of it, you know? Um, so it could go either way, but I feel like depending on the person and the content, like it could either really elevate you or it could just like drain your soul because you're just sick of doing that shit, right. you
0: know? Yeah. And then you you've, like you said, you had a wide variety of, you weren't really consistent, but then <laughs> you went down past, like, the food channel where you were consistent with, like, just the food in that channel. And you had a great guest on there, uh, Sweetie. Is that a good friend of yours? I've seen her pop up a number of times in your videos.
1: No, no, I was just kind of random. You know, like, I, I, I kind of pivoted to the food content, like, I want to say, like, a few years ago with, like, the Send Foods is a food show I do. And then um, I sold that to Thrillist. And then, like, you know, just doing the eating videos. And um, the, the the Sweetie thing just kind of happened randomly. Like, one of her peoples was like, yo, Sweetie's really, you know, she loves food. She's really trying to get into, like, just doing more food content. She's like, is there anything that you'd be down to do? And I'm like, well, I'm not really shooting any of my shows right now. But you can just come over and we just eat. Yeah. And shoot down, so.
0: <laughs> that worked out. And another cool. thing that you got going is the, the podcast. The podcast game is something that you know, I think is a very, very popular thing right now. And it's going to become mm. oversaturated if it's not already. And I mm. think I got in at the right time. I'm hoping I did. This is kind of just the beginning for us here at Daily Dose. Mm. But what do you think about the podcasting game? When did you guys hop in and get that going? And what do you base that around? Do you keep that consistent with topics?
1: Yeah, you know, man, we we, we tried to. We've been doing it for like two years now. And shit, even I, when I started, I, I was like, is this too late to get into the podcast? Yeah. It already felt like it was saturated, right. you know? But I think now um, it went from being something that's like, oh, is this too saturated to be like, oh, why not? Everybody got one, so let's do it. Exactly. You know? So um, luckily, I think, you know, people, people like it. People enjoy it. Uh, initially, we were trying to keep it like this is a sex and relationship talk podcast. And then... But I think we got a little sick of that after like a year. Mm-hmm. So now the conversation just kind of um, it goes where it goes. You know what I'm saying? We rarely really stick to any topics, to be honest. Right. It um, varies. it's just kind of like just a real fluid, flowing combo. Like, yeah.
0: Something from the past recently was that pop star video. You had the <laughs> the appearance in there. What was it like being on set? And I want to ask you. Uh, how many times did Bieber shoot that scene where he's throwing the phone over his, his shoulder to the security guard? Because they showed it at the end that they had to redo it a couple times.
1: It's funny about that video. is uh, That was strictly like just a random thing. King Batch um, called me one night, and he was like, yo, what are you doing Thursday? And I was like, I don't know why I was good. He's like, you want to come be in a Drake video with, with Justin Bieber? And I was like, yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> how could you say no? Yeah, so apparently, you know, uh, they just really wanted, like, a diverse crew of homies, like, a little diverse entourage, and I was like, yeah, cool, let's do it, and, um, and uh, I wasn't, I wasn't in the room for the, for the phone throwing scene, but, yeah, yeah, I think it definitely take a bunch of takes, um, Bieber's a nice guy, like, I've, I've been on set with him a couple times before, he's a real, he's just a real, like, down to earth dude, you know what I'm saying, he's just trying to be nice to everybody, Do you guys, one,
0: no, go ahead. I want to hear what say, you got. You got one, a juicy like, story.
1: Um, huh?
0: You got a juicy story. You sounded like yeah. you are about to go into something.
1: Nah, it's not even juicy, but it was really like random. Cause there was one point when we we're shooting the video, we we're kind of like taking a little break in between scenes and like Beaver, like we're in this like living room of this mansion and Beaver's at the piano and we're all eating pizza. <laughs> it's real quiet. And Beaver just starts like, Playing voice to men songs on the piano, and he's like, "All right, guys, come on now, sing along with me." Like, what what, what should I play, guys? Well, what, what do you guys, but like, whoa, what do you guys know, so we can all sing along together?" And I'm like, I'm like chilling, eating pizza, watching like Bieber play voice to men songs, and I'm like, "Man, this is this is this is, this is nice."
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's not a bad set to be on. I'm sure you've been <laughs> on a bunch of you know movie sets and music video sets. Do you have a lot of patience for those kind of things because? I've never been – oh, I've been on a movie set before. I was, like, an extra in the back, something small. But mm. I was on, like, a small scene, and that scene took, like, like seven or eight takes for, like, a 30-second scene. Do you, do you have patience for when there's scenes like that that are very long and it's repetitive over and over again?
1: Yeah, I have patience for it because, like, you know, not only – have I, you know, do I do the in front of the camera stuff, but also like just shooting my own sketches on YouTube and stuff? I'm 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 behind the camera a lot, you know what I'm saying? So and I'm I'm also like I like to do things, you know, until I'm 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 happy with it. You know right. what I'm saying? Like I don't go crazy, but um I understand the process and and um you know, I like the process. I think it's fun. Yeah. It definitely, you know, after a long ass day, it's like, all right, bro, come on now. You yeah. you got this, you know what I'm saying? And uh But it's also different being an extra. Extra work sucks. (laughs) Yeah, not
0: fun. I was just into that a little bit. I got thrown into that. My sister, who's actually adopted from South Korea, where are you from? Are you from Thailand? Thailand. Okay. Mm -hmm. She uh, she was into the modeling stuff. She had an agent, and my mom had me hook up with her agent, and I just got thrown in the back of like a Law and Order scene Mm -hmm. as like an extra, and then I was like, oh, this is sick. Get on TV, get a nice little paycheck, and then I went in. Like, yo, this is not worth, like, the six or seven hours
1: to get that money. And you're there all fucking days. Standing around. And they treat you like cattle. They don't even look at you.
0: And then you see the main people. with Like, they got the food people for the main (laughs) characters and the makeup people. And you're just standing in the back. Like, all right, get in there. And then you're Mm -hmm. out.
1: And then you're Mm -hmm. out. Yeah, I was an extra in uh, Fast and Furious, Tokyo Drift.
0: I saw you just post on your Instagram, you, you and Manny Pacquiao, maybe? You guys you guys throwing on the undercard for the uh, Logan Paul-Floyd Mayweather fight?
1: That was just a little troll to show, like, how ridiculous the 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 actual card is. You it's 2020.
0: It's just like anything could happen nowadays, and everyone was surprised. I'm like, you, this is the kind of stuff we have to expect now because anything could happen in the world we live yeah, in. Yeah, bro.
1: I'm not even mad. I'm not even mad. I like, I'm just... Lay it all out there. I want to see it all, you know?
0: Did Logan Paul get into the YouTubing right around when you were, like, glowing up? Was that the same time period when you guys were coming up as YouTubers?
1: So, um, not really. Like, Logan, he popped off on Vine first. Okay. Yeah, him and his brother, I think they were Vine boys. I knew of Logan's Vines first. And then Vine died, and then all the Viners kind of, like, found their way to YouTube or whatever. And, um... And so I, I had already kind of been doing my thing on YouTube for for a little minute before he, like, kind of started popping off on Vine, and Vine popped up, and then, you know, he found his audience on YouTube, and and now, you know, he's boxing Floyd Mayweather. Right.
0: One of our listeners had requested if you could freestyle over a beat for us. I said I would ask, but it wasn't a guarantee. We got some beats, I could play a beat, and if you want to freestyle over it real quick. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right, sure. let's do it. We got a freestyle coming up. Yep. You, you hear it over there? Mm-hmm. All right, here we go.
1: Yeah. Uh, beat so funky. Okay, ready? Yo, turn me up. Uh.
0: Let's go. Okay.
1: Yo, this beat is so funky. You can smell the aroma locked up because i don't want corona but it's okay i'm here in la and i put it down from ny to the bay um yeah on mtv you might see me but you in my face i'm annoyed like my beanie i like a fat booty bitch in a bikini Ah. on the beach and we sipping on martinis with an olive in it i like it dry
0: when you when you were on wild and out you were coming up with those freestyles. I've listened to your other interviews, and I don't want to get into repeated stuff here, but you said you'd find out who the team was the night before some. You'd come up with your, your stuff up for whoever you were going against. When you were writing your stuff and doing your stuff, like how do you come up with your ideas for your verses and the things that you're going to say?
1: Yeah, like they kind of like – so what happens is, you know, they'll, they'll tell you beforehand who the people are on the other team and like um, – what games we're playing. So if you want, you can come up with stuff, right? Um, I would rarely, really, ever like, write stuff for people, unless like, I I kind of had a feeling, sometimes people would fuck up and they'd come up to me like before we we shot the the wild style and be like, hey, just so you know, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. Right. I'd be like, oh, okay, okay. Then I'd like look them up and down and be like, okay, okay, okay. I'm ready. <laughs> yes. And one time, or like the dumbest people would come up to me and be like, yo, I'm going to say this to you. And then, so I'm like, okay, in my head, I'd be like, like, okay. And then, but, it, but, but in my head, I'd be like, oh man, you just, you just fucked up, buddy. And then, you know, of course, I'd, I'd kill them. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Cause like I knew what they were going to say. I, I had the perfect rebuttal ready. And um. so there so was warnings kind
0: of like, before. Yeah. You,
1: sometimes people would warn me, you know?
0: And I'm sure like I've heard you say, you know, obviously if, people were fat. They, they were, they were expecting the fat jokes. You're expecting the Asian jokes. Did anyone ever take it too, too hard? Like, did anyone not have hard skin that came on the show? And then it was just an awkward moment throughout the, throughout the crowd and within the people.
1: Nah, I think, you know, um, for the most part, like everybody kind of understands how it works on the show. You know, like I know I would get the Asian jokes, like fat dudes will get the fat jokes. Like, uh, Justina will get the either like I, we smashed already or you got no ass jokes. Like that's just kind of how it was, you know, white people get the white people jokes. It's like, that's how it is, you know? Right.
0: And a number of rappers stopped by, make their way onto the scene, onto the show uh, for for a few Mac Miller, Fat Joe, R.P. Mac Miller. Were there anyone that came onto the show that you just really enjoyed being around and had a good time? Thought, you know, that, that was a great show when you look back.
1: Yeah, one of my favorite shows we ever did and just like one of the nicest guests was probably uh, Chance the Rapper. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, super nice guy. You could tell he was just hyped to be there. Like he really wanted to be there. You know, but before we were about to be done shooting that episode, um, the producers, they they were like, Yo, we're gonna shoot three more games. We're making this an hour special. This is like one of the best episodes we've done. So get ready. We're gonna shoot some more episodes. We was like, whoa, shit, this is crazy.
0: Yeah, he was excited. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and he and he came up to and I was like and I went up to him just to like say what's up and he was like, Hey man, you you know, he's like, Yeah, you funny, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Thank you, man. I appreciate that. He's just a nice guy.
0: Yeah. Tim, man, this has been great. I appreciate you stopping in. Our fans, you know, have requested for you to hop on the show. So I'm glad we could get this done, man. Best of luck to you in the future. Once things get better, maybe we could link up, do a live one. Cause like you said, I hate doing the over-the-zoom stuff. I feel like it's a lot more personal when it's in person you get to actually feel the person's energy and go back and forth but i guess this will work for now but i got your contact information we'll definitely have to stay in touch and link up soon man
1: cool man thanks for having me bro appreciate it
0: thank you guys again for tuning in helping me grow this thing without you guys it wouldn't be possible daily dose patients are going to take us to unfathomable heights and take us to places we couldn't even dream of. This is just the start. Send this to a friend who you think could get something out of it, who might know Tim and find this interesting. I love you guys, and I will see you next week.
1: Peace.